Hello everyone, my name is Yatsin Marrero and today I am here with Mrs. Isela Granados. She is currently a high school dance teacher in Texas and she used to formerly be my dance coach as well. I've chosen her because I feel like she truly made an impact in my life and the way I view education. And well, I just want to start off by saying thank you for taking the time to do this. Of course, good to and see you. Just. We'll start off with a simple question as far as what made you decide that you wanted to be a teacher or a dance teacher in particular? Um, I didn't know I wanted to be a dance teacher. I wanted to dance. Uh, and so usually in the dance, uh, the dance world is difficult and you have to either be the best or you don't get to professionally make a living off of it. So. Um, you won't make much money just being okay as a dancer. And I was okay. I, I knew that it wasn't gonna make me rich and I wasn't gonna um, uh, do much with it because I was just okay. And if I wanted to be a dancer, I'd have to travel. And I um, I wanted to be settled. I wanted to settle and, and was ready to become a wife and a mom and I knew that wasn't gonna work out. So I needed a plan and it was, um, kind of went into education kind of with a blindfold, I had no idea what I was getting into. And I realized actually that my calling was education and not dance. And so I kind of accidentally fell into it. And um, it's, it just made sense after that. Yeah. It's nice. I, I also decided I wanted to be a teacher. It was like part of it was like looking into my future. And I knew I wanted to be able to really spend time with my future kids and be able to be there ah, for them. And, yeah. yeah, the schedule. So, yeah, and so before I wanted to do medicine, but then I realized that with medicine, it was really time consuming and as like a nurse and just like in general, you Many spend hours. all the hours and yeah. you're tired and you don't really get to enjoy like every little part of your child. That's right. You did HOSA, right? And mm -hmm. I did HOSA. You were in health in, in high school. You, yeah. that, that was your field. You wanted, yeah. That's what you wanted. I did emergency medical technician for the two years, junior and senior year. And I loved it. But that's also like part of why I decided to become a teacher. I feel like I had an awful teacher for EMT. Oh. And it just like made me realize how important it is to be mm -hmm. a teacher because like they truly do impact the way you see things right and i agree maybe if i had a different teacher or she was like behaved differently then i would probably take it as in maybe continue that path yeah but i was like wow like if she did this and this and understood me more as like an equal then it would have been fine instead yeah. but yeah Got so it. i kind of took the same route okay Cool. All right. Okay. And are you aware of like what scaffolding is? Um, yes. I teaching dance. Honestly, dance is all about I think scaffolding. You know, because it's all visual. You can see the improvement physically on a student or the lack of. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, in a math assignment, you'd have to grade the assignment. You you know, you kind of have to look and see where the kid is struggling. But dance is all about, like, I can see that you're struggling with this. Yes, it's so easy. And I think um, in fine arts, we have an easier time um, able to to know see where the problem is and scaffold our way into where we need them to be. So, 
I mean, if I remember correctly, scaffolding um, would be like breaking down of um, the process. So say I'm, we need to get from A to C. And so some kids are very well off going ABC, you know, as for some kids, they would need an A in between something in between that B, break it down and then go into that B and then break it down before you get into the C. Mm -hmm. And I mean, dance is amazing because they're struggling. You break down every step. You teach, um, you write it down. You can say, you know what, let me write it down. Maybe you, you can see, you can see it on the, you know, on a paper and you make sense. Um, and then, you know, the dancing, uh, happens. I'm not a very good, like audio, like, um, if you, you're telling me, you're explaining to me directions, I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. You have to show me, like mm -hmm. physically show me what I need to do. And so, um, dance is all about scaffolding. I, we break it down. We try different ways of teaching. We one-on-one, -on -one, you know, you try and go a different direction, um, and even drawing out the step, it can even help. So, yeah, I think we do that every day yeah. as, as fine arts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, you definitely got the definition, right? <laughs> okay, scaffolding. good. Yeah. I, was like, I don't know if that's what it, it's what it yeah. means. Yeah. I remember it. Um, yeah, it's pretty thing. much just like walking through the steps with your students, giving yeah. them feedback, and just like asking them questions to refocus <clears throat> their attention or making sure that they're actually learning throughout the whole time. Yeah. So... I can definitely, I never even thought about dance as really utilizing that, but yeah. it is because I feel like most people probably look at it as in, this is what you're doing and you have to do it this way to get it exactly that way, right. but I can definitely see how like, okay, if you, maybe you move your arm a little more this way and then lift right. this, then and you can get the you have movement. to go grab their arm and do it for them. And they're like, oh, yeah. you know, because if you say rotation to the right, it's like, we don't, I don't, I have two left feet over here, Yeah. you know, so, um, and so yeah, it really helps the, there are many ways of reaching the kids and I try because I can physically see that they're struggling, which is super easy and I don't have to go grade them and write it in a paper, you know, it's right. all very visual and it's awesome and easy and, um, and it's made me a better teacher because I'm able to see it and understand that not everybody learns the same way because this one is not learning as quickly as this one um she's struggling with the dance step um mm -hmm. you know so it's it's fast it's quick you know it you notice right away instead of having to look through their work and see oh they missed this part they're not understanding this right? correct correct oh. yeah okay and another question is like why why do you think it's important to understand moral behavior and how does that impact your students theory of mind theory of mind being like it's like the understanding that people are people too and mm -hmm. they have their own minds, their thoughts, their own feelings and just in general everyone's different in their own thing. Um, I think moral behavior is a... I think eventually you have to take responsibility for your own actions. Mm -hmm. um, when you choose to do something, when you choose not to do something, that is your choice. At the end of the day, you're... you're behaving according to your choice and you have to understand there are consequences and there's um and there's gonna be even a downfall in a in a decision you know but when you understand this is good this is bad i decided to do bad there's going to be a consequence and it's it's something that we are teaching even as teachers because really i feel like moral behavior is more at home it should, I, I think it should yeah. be more on at home um learning but 
we are teaching that here at school and um again in the fine arts i think we have more leeway to teach moral behavior because we have the time to get to know the kids and we have the time to explain and to um to reach them in the in another level that is is um is not a a subject you know it's Mm -hmm. more like you know getting to know one-on-one explaining to them understanding how things work and and um helping them hopefully choose right um for their own future sake right um so yeah i I don't i do that a lot um talking to the kids because i'm observing them and i i um i see whether they're going in the wrong bad direction you know and so i like to reach out and explain and and um and maybe even get them to understand like how the situation works or what they can better do to to adjust because some of them come with damage you know you come with with the bad decisions from home because of the parents you know maybe their parents are not the best role models so we we have to kind of shift and you can't change them completely but you kind of give them a different outlook on on decision making and responsibility and taking yeah. their own actions as um how do you say like uh, a pathways for the future because it is going to be their actions mm-hmm. we're not going to be there with them every step of the way unfortunately but you hope to instill something that they can um jump back to when they have to make yeah. an important decision and it's all up to them it becomes them their decision making so um, I definitely encourage and, and put a lot of that in my teaching. And that's because I do have a lot of time to get to know them and, and meet with them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Would you say that's one of the biggest challenges as far as like how you're saying that moral behavior is pretty much taught at home? Or is there something you feel like you've faced that's much more difficult throughout time? Wait, ask me that again. Sorry. Like, um... Like, would you say that that's one of the biggest challenging challenges that you face, like throughout your teaching career, or do you feel like there's something you've probably faced that's been bigger than just having to face their moral behavior that's been taught at home? Okay, it's tricky because the best part of my job that I, for me, mm-hmm. not as for, no, I'm not talking about it, for me is getting to know these students one on one. That's been the best part. Um, and so the, but the downside of it is that you see the flaws that they come in with. They see the lack of the moral behavior and they will disappoint, you know, they will disappoint you. And you come in, you, you get these kids with, you pick them up with open arms and you want to help them and you can't help everybody. Right. So that's the hard part. When you realize that you, that you did not have a great impact or when you just see them continue in their lifestyle without that moral behavior, um, a knowledge. Um, so it's it, it's tricky because I, I love getting to know you guys one on one, but it's it's hard to see that and it not did be not able to change it. It did yeah. not help them. Yeah, so that's hard to I say. I can definitely see that as a struggle because you're saying you have this time to actually get to know them, and you see that the goods good parts in them that they can better for their future but yeah. they still can't they do it. I can see that being yeah. a really big challenge. Yeah. Especially when 
You just want your students to do good and... Oh, yeah. You want them to be better people. Uh, you want them to make better choices than what they were presented as children uh, because it's not your fault, the life that you j- came into. It's not. And, um, right. and I have experienced myself where um, I could have very easily gone a different direction. And I did at some points. And then I got it together and I, you know, and I decided to make better choices because of the education, the moral behavior that was taught to me at school, not mm-hmm. at home. I'm right. one of those kids that did not have it at home. So I learned it at school through teachers. And so I remember that. And that kind of really um, has been my example towards like helping the kids because it helped me. Right. Sorry, I'm getting so emotional. I'm like, oh, I had some wonderful fine. teachers. I had amazing teachers. I'm telling you, like, probably one was a jerk. And then the rest were like, so it's, they just believed in me, something I never felt. You know, they encouraged me. They taught me right from wrong because when they did see me fall or going in the bad direction, they were like, hey, hey, come here. I see you. I know what you're doing. And, you know, it was that conversation that I needed to have. Mm-hmm. And so it was. It worked, and I know it works most yeah. of the time. Yeah, I'll yeah. never forget the the time where I told you I wasn't gonna try out for the team, and you told me you're like, no, you're going to. <laughs> oh my gosh! And, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I was like, what? You're okay. like, you you love this. You got to do it. You got to try. And I didn't show up. I didn't go to the that practice the whole week where we learned the dances yeah and so here i was the day of auditions trying to learn How three funny. dances <laughs> and i don't and remember like, that conversation i don't because yeah. i i push people <laughs> yeah and it was it wasn't like in a way like you have to do this you don't have a choice but it was more of like no don't give up this like you yeah. enjoy it so just much it. just try yeah and try to balance it and i remember you telling me that if i feel like i can't balance like the whole medical field that I was doing at the time and dance that it was okay to choose between yeah. the two but you were like you're trying out and just try you it. gotta do it yeah just try it <laughs> and that I think that's like one of the things that I like I think about when like as far as saying that you've impacted my life it's just like yeah, little you. things like that that it's just like well I gotta try it and if I don't then then you know yeah you I know, know you did not want to do that yeah and I did as much as I could so there you go yes, yeah. you'll never forget that yeah. <laughs> thanks awesome okay. good to know because I'm like I don't remember what I said but thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah and what are your thoughts as far as on gifted students like do you believe they should be accelerated or do you think they should maintain like throughout the same age group and go through the process of enrichment the process of enrichment being like getting like allowing your students to stay with the same classmates and giving them additional more sophisticated and supporting their process knowledge or do you think they should like skip a grade and skip that whole time um that's tough because just because they're gift like they're very smart doesn't mean they're emotionally ready to be at a higher level right um grade and i know that for a fact because i have seen so many girls and boys that are very smart hundreds testing higher level testing but they have hard time socializing and being at the same level as even their classmates so you know i think it's it's still i believe in giving them a higher um 
being in a special class, for example, for their science, their math, you know, their core classes, I believe in separating them to put them in a level where they can go, go, go. Like AP learning. classes. AP courses. Dual credits, stuff yes. like that. Okay. And, um, and maybe uh, keep the, you know, the PE, the fine arts, the electives, keep them at their level because that's where they grow in other places, okay? Because yeah. it's not all just books it's it's um socializing mentally understanding how to communicate with people socializing psychosocially you know there's like all types of different things that you need to acquire um and 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 enrich you know you need to fill those different gaps um of life and as growing up as a as a female you know we have to understand um how to pick up social um you know how to be able to say no how mm -hmm. to how to stand up for yourself how to um how to respect yourself in a situation um as opposed to like well i don't know how to react to this you know or mm -hmm. putting yourself in a bad situation because you never were in that situation ever mm -hmm. so yeah so yes for the core classes those because if they do stay with um just a regular class the classroom in general slows down to the slowest to the not slowest i'm sorry to the lower uh the struggling student right right so we we take all of them it's the no child left behind right we take all of them and so unfortunately we have to slow down the lesson mm -hmm. and so these kids that are ready to move on don't and so they're missing more uh they're missing the 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 subject you know the um the amount of stuff they could right. learn because they were waiting for the last guy so that to me is i don't like that but i do i think they need to play with their same level kids i yeah. think they need to laugh and and communicate and socialize and get to know each other right on that level mm -hmm. yeah okay and what are your thoughts on the old views of the melting pot which consisted of stripping mm -hmm. one's culture in order to be able to fit into American standards. Oh my gosh. This is a special subject for me because um, I did Chicano studies and I it was they were stripped off their culture. It was like you're in America, you speak English, mm -hmm. um, you you don't have the right to celebrate your tradition, you know, like your culture. It was it was kinda like they were being stripped away of right. their ways and um you can't do that i mean to me uh yes you do have to assimilate okay you're in america yes you're gonna have to learn english you know to be a successful whatever you want to be but you don't have to lose your your traditions and your culture i feel like if anything bringing in different cultures in different ways um uh we we are more open-minded we're more accepting of different types of languages and dialects and I mean, that's another linguistic subject, but um, we cannot just close our minds and our eyes to different people. We're all so different. And, right. and I think in education as well, we've expanded so much uh, by understanding the history of, of our people and coming into the United States. And, you know, we had different struggles than those that are, were already here. And if you don't understand where you came from, how are you going to move on? and accept who you are if you don't understand right. where you're coming from. So it's it's all in general, you don't lose anything by knowing 
more about another culture. It doesn't hurt you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't affect you in any way. But when you don't understand it, that's when you become close-minded. And that's when we have problems with, um, you know, racism and uh, mm-hmm. just the extreme extremity of anything, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's why it's so important to make sure you're implementing multiculturalism in your classroom. Definitely. Yeah. And if I guess it everything as a teacher really starts with you. So if you're being open minded right. and showing your students this way, then your students aren't gonna follow into a different path. They're gonna try right. to understand and stay open minded and Yeah. I a big example of uh, what's going on right now and I don't wanna get into politics but to me, you know, being accepted, accepting of the two, because right now we have two extremities. We have the pro-Trump and the anti-Trump. Right. And, you know, they're, it's okay. Either one is okay. as Everybody has their, their choice and their decisions and their purpose and their reasons behind what they're under, um, their beliefs are. And so when you have two extremities like that, there is no wrong you know, and so you want to understand, oh, I see why you're pro-Trump. Oh, I see why you're anti, you know, but we have to keep it in peace. And and that's Instead by understanding. Instead of lashing at each Exactly. Other, yeah. And saying, you're wrong. That's not how it works. Um, but open mind and understanding, oh, I see. Oh, that's why you like Trump. Oh, great. You know, I, I get it. I see why you are pro-Trump. and um, Or you can give your anti-Trump and say, well, this is why I'm not okay with him. And so I think just opening our ears and our minds to the opposite uh, is always so much better than to closing. Right. You know? Yeah. Being open-minded to it all. Yeah. Would you say, would you say that that's why um, having a culturally relevant pedagogy is important? Yes. And oh, yes. It helps support your diversity. And you know what? We're teachers. How can you teach when you don't understand? When you, you can't... You can't teach a an ESL student when you don't understand the the you know their mindset why they do things the yeah, way they do. You can't. Yeah. There's no way you can be a successful teacher because our job is to reach every child. Right. And to teach. You can't choose and pick who you want to teach. You know, it it's all of them. Every single one that comes into your classroom, you're gonna have to teach them. And if they fail, you failed because you did not teach this Do child part. Yeah. in understanding how you can teach this kid. Um, you know, I had, I had a great math teacher. I was horrible in math, but when I came into Miss, um, Miss Benford, she was crazy. <laughs> she was like, she used to call me, you me brain. <laughs> Cause I was like, I don't get it. I don't get it. But she yeah. would sit there and she explained to me and she broke it down and she brought little blocks and she was like, do you see this block? And I'm like, uh-huh. And then she's like, do you see? And she brought um like up objects and like moved them around and it was like this little light bulb and i will never forget this day when she was yelling in my ear do you see this grab it and she was like touch it do you see it and i was like uh-huh and it just clicked and i looked at her and i was like oh it just i saw it it was like um how do i say it was like a picture in my brain that just connected Mm-hmm. because that's how I work. I work with pictures in right. my brain. Every time you tell me a story, I draw pictures. And then I never forget those pictures because they have colors. And she would bring blocks with colors and I like colors and I and, and it just it just made sense and she knew what she needed to do with me. 
after that, I wanted to be, I wanted to focus in math. I liked math because it clicked. And I'm sorry, but I needed that one-on-one, that, you mm-hmm. know, that like um, connection to understand it. Um, so I had a bad science teacher. I hate science. And I had it for three years in high school. I feel like I hate science. I'm not oh, good no. at it. So it has, you're right. It does have an impact, you know, and I want to be the good impact, not the bad. And that is my goal in life. I want you to remember me as the good teacher, as a person that helped me, impacted me, and took her time. I don't want you to think, wow, she didn't really care. Yeah, she just gave up. Yeah, she gave up. And that, and that's the long-lasting goal for me is that you can, you can remember the good. Yeah. And so another topic that is like talked about a lot is using praise and reinforcement in your classroom. Uh, It's like very debated as far as it being having a pro and being a con and how it really impacts. So how can a teacher use both of them, like praise and reinforcement in their classroom in order to benefit not only your teacher instruction, but as well as the students learning? Um, that's another, that's another good one that I was like, wow, this is good. (laughs) Nowadays, it's like, we're giving everybody a trophy. Everybody seems to be winning, you know, it, it became the extremity of like sports, right? In Mm -hmm. sports, it's like, not everybody can win, but we're giving everybody a trophy now. And people disagree with that. Um, it's, it's a tricky thing because it really depends on the kid. You know, um, for me, while I never really needed somebody to tell me, hey, great job, I, because of my personality, I always like push myself mm-hmm. by myself. Um, but when I did hear it, it was like wings, you know, it was like, wow, like ah, I took off and I flew. Uh, but it doesn't work for everybody, you know, because I can tell some other kid, hey, great job. And then they're like, oh, cool, I'm done. And I don't want to do relax. anything else. Yeah. You know, I'm done for, and this is good enough for me. So it's, it's a, it's a tricky thing. It's, so when I am in my class, I'm not good at this and I'm working on this as a teacher is to be, um, and I don't know if you remember, but I have a hard time, um, saying, Hey, great job. I forget. Cause I'm so busy fixing. I'm like, Hey, let's fix this. You missed this step unit. But I, I forget to say, by the way, that was that movement over here was really good because I'm busy, I'm busy fixing them. Mm-hmm. So I need to work on more affirmations in general um, because we do forget that, you know, we're doing a good job. But I think that it's a special, um, you, have to, you have to be able to take the critique as much as the praise right. in order to improve. And, it's, and I feel like we're getting too good at praising and not critiquing enough. Because what happens when we critique a kid, they get disappointed. Oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm done. And so that's a scary, that's because once you lose a kid, you lost them and you're going to have to work really hard to get them back. So you have to understand your kids and you have to know who needs that appraisal more than the critique, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and how to do it. You can't just say, Hey, by the way, you did that wrong. No. You can't do that. I mean, you have to understand, okay, hey, great job here, but let's work on this part. 
um, the arms were great, but your legs were not happening, right. you know? So you have to start with the good and then work into that critique. But if we're just tossing good, great job, great job, and there's no improvement, no critique for improvement, then that doesn't work, mm-hmm. right? Because our kids are kids. They don't know where they need to work it on. I mean, they don't realize that um, they're lacking in a certain subject or area, and we need to tell them. We need to say, hey, by the way, you're, you're great at fractions, but not so great in geometry. I don't know. Uh, and so this is what we're going to f- focus on for you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in dance, oh, hey, you're a wonderful hip-hop dancer, but your flexibility is not where it needs to be. So let's stretch some more, you know, while we... So you need to give different directed uh, individual um, critiques and observations for everybody. And sometimes you can generalize it, you know, but... That's where you come in, like where you get to know your kids, you understand how you need to talk to them. Because I could yell at this one, but if you yell at this one, you're going to shut down. It doesn't work the same for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, definitely critiques are important. Affirmations are important. Yeah. I really like how much you refer back to getting to understand each student. Because it really does make a difference. So and much. Overall, like we've talked about so many topics, but it's such an important factor as a teacher in everything that yeah. you truly understand your teacher and, and your student. And that's what, that's what I guess is probably the most, I don't want to say exhausting, but... It's exhausting. I was just <laughs> going to say that. It's exhausting, okay? And it's emotionally draining for us teachers. And that's why we need all the support we can get because we're tired. Yeah. <laughs> We're really tired and, you know, if you want us to succeed as an educator and by succeeding, I mean by in reaching every single kid in that, on that desk, we need to be supported and we need to know that we're doing, we're, that you get us and that you have our backs, mm-hmm. you know, that's what we're struggling with as in education now is that they're making you and forming you into something that. And it's funny because they want us to teach diverse, diversely mm-hmm. and multi-everything. But then the way they handle us is very one way. It's all just one way. You got to do it this way. And, and that's, that's it. it. Right? And so we have a very... Our hands are, are tied in our backs because we're very limited to what we can do um, or how we can approach a certain subject. Um, and the subjects are already picked, you know. So you can't really be like, well, we're going to talk about this era, even though it's not in the book. It's not going to be in the test. Mm -hmm. So why are you wasting the time on this kid while you can focus on that subject that was already picked? You know, so it's very limited. It has limited us so much because we don't have time for the one-on-ones. We don't have time to get to know our our kids because we're so busy trying to teach the way they want us to teach. And so it's, it's tough and it drives a lot of teachers away when they're forced to work a certain way or they're not appreciated because we're exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say that out loud. We are exhausted. <laughs> um, it, it's a tough job. And when you get in there, you know, there's going to be times when you feel like you cannot handle it. It's too much or you did not succeed. But I think overall you will walk out with a more a you walk away with more than what you left with. You know, like, how yeah. do you say? Your hands are more fuller than when you walked in. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's 
that's just it. I, I think about the positive. I think about the impacts that I, the good ones that I did. I apologize. Another important thing that you're going to have to learn to do. It's hard for us, but you have to apologize. And you have to admit that you were wrong and that didn't work. I am sorry I yelled at you. That didn't have to be done to you. Mm-hmm. And I will, I, I will try my best to talk to you differently because I know you don't like to be yelled at. And will you forgive me? That's it. I think that is a sad, such a sad thing that I see a lot in adults is that we have a hard time apologizing to kids when we were wrong. Yeah, and I think that's also, I know I keep referring back to when I used to have you, but that's one of the things like I think about too is that I feel like you always treated us equal and oh, you never thanks for saying that yeah you never presented yourself in such a way that you were <laughs> superior to us you always you. wanted to keep us treat us all fairly and yeah, understood everything and yeah it's a big impact because it's it's hard for as a student like wanting to better yourself when it's like well our teacher doesn't really care she right just, she just wants to be the one in the right all the time mm-hmm. and it, it makes it hard because sometimes hearing i'm sorry i didn't do this it's like it helps you as a person also be able to be like right. I didn't I didn't do my homework and I'm sorry that was my part. Yeah. And be Great. able to understand that. We're yeah. humans. We're not perfect. Why am I expecting you to do perfect in my class when I know I'm not a perfect human being? And guess what? There's going to be a time that I'm going to need you to forgive me and excuse what I said because I I had a bad day and you're going to think, "Oh my god, she was she had a bad day. I need to forgive what she said." Because if we can't forgive our students, why are they going to forgive us? Mm-hmm. You know, and I know many times I've, I've made a mistake and I've said something that was too harsh. And um, I want to be forgiven for my bad days. You know, I want to I don't want you to remember me for one bad day. And so that's what I, I, I really um, I need people to remember. It's like learn to apologize and learn to admit and tell them when you're wrong. Say, you know what? I made a mistake. And they're like, what? Well, you know, I don't know if you remember this being in high school. Didn't happen much when teachers were like, I made a mistake. I'm so sorry. And then you're like, what? Because it doesn't happen often. Mm -hmm. And that, you can't learn from that. You know, when you're always right, I'm sorry. That behavior doesn't go anywhere. So you want to be a better person. You want to continue learning as a teacher. And um, we forget that. We forget that we can learn as well. You know, when you're in charge every day in a classroom, you forget that you need to be a student sometimes too. And you need to relearn and you need to continue and expand in your in your subject and learn different ways of approach. And that's what we're lacking, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in order to support procedural knowledge, teachers must provide their students with opportunities to practice and apply this message. Um, methods such as using domain-specific strategies, which consist of consciously applying skills of organization, like organizing your thoughts and your actions in order to reach a goal. Mm-hmm. And so to support this, teachers must provide opportunities for practice and applications in many different situations, as well as using um, automa- automated basic skills, and that consists of three parts which is cognitive, associative, and autonomous. Mm-hmm. And so cognitive is following steps or directions guided by declarative knowledge. And associative is combining individual steps into larger units. And then we have autonomous, which is a whole procedure is accomplished with like little 
attention you kind of do it on your own like how for us now driving is just kind of like a habit mm-hmm. so um what opportunities would you say you provide your students with in order to practice and apply these skills of both of them of working through it till they're able to not um need any help and being able to do things on their own example it's a i I use um i teach them what i want them to then in return give me so i give them an example uh and and again everything has goes back to the way i teach my dance class so choreography i teach the basics you know Mm -hmm. of choreography uh, the different um elements and then i show them um what those elements are explain the elements of choreography and i explain to them that you know um the elements uh give them examples okay so i give them the elements and then i give them the example and then i show them how to implement Mm -hmm. so then they, they can create their own Right. So it's it's a process again, uh, and to me it's all super um, very easy to to um, to do. Again, being dance, it's like it's a process. You know, the choreography, the dance is your final result, right? Mm-hmm. But understanding the elements and the process into it, the choreography elements. Um, is is a, is a really uh, awesome way of teaching um, what's it called the automated skills automated skills and because it's all very physical and cr- concrete mm-hmm. you know it's you can see it and so that's really easy to do um, so you can yeah. see those three stages of where you're you following do. the steps and yes. you're slowly remembering how to do this on your own and then to where you have your final product and yes. they don't need your help to be like, okay, do this. They just yeah. go through with it. That's it. Yeah. The performance, you're watching and you're like, oh, they get it. They, so it's it's really cool. You see the whole process. You see it. Mm-hmm. You know, the steps. You see the three stages. So it's cool. How would you say you implement critical thinking in your dance classroom? In dance Critical thinking is not, because I can teach the history of jazz, the history of modern dance, critical thinking in, to me, okay, in dance class is understanding feelings through dance. Critical thinking is the purpose of a dance, the purpose of a step, the purpose of technique, the purpose of, okay, why am I doing ballet on the bar again? This is boring. When they jump into that leap and they use those skills that they were learning on the bar that are boring, and they're like, oh my God, I can't believe I did them. Like, guess what? This is where you learned at the bar. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's, it's uh, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> how you implement it, but you can see how you're, you're explaining it. You okay, I was like, where did I leave? Like... Why did I get back here? <laughs> no, by like starting off with, having them practice basic skills that they need to be used later on. So for the big yeah, stuff. Yeah, as so as in your critical thinking, which is what I was interested in because in the classroom they can give you a in like a reading classroom, they can give you a passage and you have to critically analyze it and right. understand 
oh, well, this happened because of this. But the way you're implementing it in dance is like a very unique and it makes sense the way you're saying you're, you're yeah. understanding this and making sure you perfect it as much as you can. And then later on you do this as well. And, and it comes with the performance level of dance. You know, it's, you can't just dance steps. You have to put emotion and physically understand what your movement is. Um, and that comes again with the elements of mm -hmm. the emotions that you put behind the movement. Not everybody understands it. And I know I didn't. I was like, oh, I can do hip hop. I can move. I can, I'm really good at this. But then later on into the critical thinking part, when it started, when I started doing more critical thinking and dance, it was like, oh, this is making me feel this way. Mm -hmm. And oh, this is the purpose of the technique to do this movement. But then this movement, it, uh, it, um, it requires an emotion, you know, and, and I didn't understand that until later. So yeah. it was a later um it was like a, a, a maturity almost you know and so and then it was like oh, this feels good because it's not just twerk 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 you know it's like ah oh, the purpose of this yeah. is for that and so and i think that's in general right mm -hmm. in general you're always critically thinking everything um and not everybody critically thinks into everything unfortunately you know um and so when you understand and you analyze and you there's, you get the purpose or whatever the purpose is for you, there's more um, a reason to do something. And then you understand why you're learning it and how you can use it later or how it's going to help you in the long run. You know, there's no, I mean, whether math, because they always tell us, oh, you're not even going to use um, algebra when you get older. Yeah, but you know what? You you learned how to, um, how to, you learned how to, Use it in your use your brain to do algebra. So you were doing something with mm -hmm. your brain, right? You're learning how to problem solve and thinking skills and processing, you know. And so you're not wasting any time or any brain cells learning something that you might not learn in the future. But guess what? I learned how to figure it out. Yeah, exactly. That taught me how to figure it out. And so critical thinking is always like, why am I doing this? How is this helping me? Where am I going to go with this? You know, how mm -hmm. can I use it in the future? Um, that's not a waste. Yeah. So from what I, when I remember when I was in your classroom, sometimes we'd have um, days that we'd kind of take it easy. But at the same time, you never like stop teaching us. So um, like technology, for example, has become such a big factor now in our everyday lives. And mm -hmm. I remember you, we would all sit on the floor and you'd put the... Um, the projector on and you'd show us a video and it would have like an important message even oh. whether it was whether it was like with dancing or sometimes it would just be overall like being a good person and mm -hmm. understanding like things happening around the world or something like that what would you say that you still do like for your classrooms that involves technology to better um, their education well i have them do some research um of different styles of dance on their phones because I know they have to have their phones and I and because we're dancing there I get away with them forgetting about their phones mm -hmm. uh, but it's if it's in if it's you're sitting there and it's right next to you so it's really easy to pick up your phone and just play with it you right know? Um, I do try to incorporate the cell phone use just because it's like oh we get to use our phones today they're excited mm -hmm. and just that little spark of excitement 
we're gonna need that today so let's let's do because you know sometimes you, they come in and it's a cloudy day and they don't want to do anything and you surprise them and you're like get your phones out like yay yeah and then they get their phones and i'm like uh google modern dance you know and show me what dance you found and so it was kind of a a way to to break break the the um the not wanting to be here kind of mm -hmm. thing uh, switching it up surprising them with get your phones um but also it just got them thinking about dance and like oh yeah and guess what they're gonna do later when they go through youtube they're like oh yeah i was looking at modern dance and they're gonna keep looking i don't know if you know do this but yeah i research one up. thing and then i'm like and then I start playing a whole bunch of other videos yeah. about pimple popping. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I'm thinking, you know what? If this is in their search on YouTube, they're going to eventually click come back it. and click it and then start going into other dance videos. And so that's that to me is just as simple as that. Yeah, yeah and it, it's using it in such a positive factor instead of them. Just you guys can use your phone, but then being on social media. And right. Because you so, know they will. Yeah. You know, once they have that phone, they're going to jump to Facebook mm -hmm. and then come back to that video and then go back to see if they got a message on Instagram. I, I know how it works. Mm -hmm. But there is that there's little... There's still the spark of learning. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's important for your students to become self-regulated and to not only benefit their present, but as their future as well. And according to Simmerin's model of self-regulated learning, there are three phases. And so you have the forethought phase, which is setting goals, making plans, self-efficacy, and motivation. Mm -hmm. And then there's a second phase, which is their performance, which is self-control and self-monitoring. Mm -hmm. And then we have their reflect reflection, where they self-evaluate and they adapt. And then that leads to the whole process of starting all over and starting again with forethought and what I can do to set a higher goal and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, what have you done in your classroom in order to increase your students' motivation for your students? Mm, using that practice or the... Yes, I skipped a question. I'm sorry. So I was like, wait, what? <laughs> How would you use these phases like with your students each year? Um, it ties into the motivation, but we'll start off with like, that one. Um, and then, uh, well, I, I use that like in my, okay. So the question is if, do I use that in my teaching or how, or yeah. How would you say you go through the phases with your students each year? As far as like in the beginning of the year, you set this goal, maybe with your dance team, you set this goal of. This day we're gonna have a performance, so we need to make a dance for this, and then mm -hmm. they end up doing that whole performance process where I was they're not able to find where they're self monitoring themselves and going home and doing that practice of that one move you told them they needed to work on, and then doing overall the reflection once you guys are yeah. all working together. And I mean, I, yeah, it's so. I mean, again, dance is awesome in education because it's we physically do all this stuff um so yeah we have a plan we say okay we need to have 10 dances for football season uh we need to create these dances what are we going to create how much time does each dance going to take us to work on and you know what again what is the purpose why are we doing these styles of dance and and so um we have a plan we start creating the creating process where is where you teach technique you teach styles you explain um, different types of 
you know, movement, for example, hip hop, completely different than modern dance. I mean, just different energy, you know, so you try to teach um, the difference, the differences. And then, then you have the dance. And then once the performance happens, then you reflect and say, how could you have done this better? So it's not just a dance. You say, how, what could, how can, and we always watch the video mm -hmm. and we say, why didn't it work? Or why did it work? Why did it look so good? How come this one's better than this one? Yeah. How come we did better at this style of dance than this one? So then they start saying, they start talk, talking about, oh, I think I'm a modern dancer. I think I'm better at hip hop or I think I'm better at jazz. I'm totally a jazz dancer. And I'm like so excited because I'm listening to them use, you know, dance vocabulary. And, and, and so it's, it's cool because they are picking up the styles mm -hmm. and they're dancing them. So the creation part and then they understand the difference and then they decide what they want to do. You know what? I'm more of a this type of dance. So then they tend to lean towards that style of dance that they really like to do and then maybe they start choreographing now that they know what style of right. dance they're good at. And so then that's when you have the creation part when they're like, I like this, now I'm going to make my own. Mm -hmm. And right? in a way, it also helps with their self-regulatory is that mm. they're able to see like, oh, I'm more of a jazz, jazz person, so I'm going to have to work a little extra for that hip-hop dance we're going to exactly. do. Exactly. Yes. This one flows to me. This one, I got to put the extra time and oh, effort yeah. at home. That yeah. I, yeah. This one's going to be work. This one's going to be for fun because I like this yeah. hip-hop. I'm going to have to work for this one. So, But you can see them wanting to push themselves and... Doing that whole self-control, self-monitoring, yes, and all that. Yes, it's awesome. Yeah. And so, for example, since we, I jumped into that motivation question mm -hmm. <laughs> and how <laughs> self-regulatory, like that helps your motivation, how we're using that as an example of how they start noticing where they need to work more. So, okay, well, I'm more motivated to do this because I can see that I need the help and maybe yeah. I can get as good as I am in hip hop right. with jazz and yes. stuff like that. Yes, and um, there's a purpose. Yeah, I mean, not not one of my dancers right now says, I love ballet. Mm -hmm. But when they, they see that ballet took them to be a better jazz dancer because they love jazz, then you're like, they start opening yeah. doors to learning different styles and different teaching uh, methods that they you know that they're like more open to learning because of the fact that they like jazz and they figured that out mm -hmm. there you go nice <laughs> <laughs> and so the tasks that teachers assign um, their students can affect the way they're motivated in their classroom mm -hmm. so what would you say that you've done in order to increase their motivation towards their dances or things in, throughout Gosh. the season and this is and this is a tough one because it's like not every day do I want to be here and mm -hmm. I know that they don't want to be here every day. And so that is my my I think any teacher's struggle is to find ways to motivate and encourage these kids to want to try different things and want to learn different styles and and to do just simply what they're asking them to do because if you're coming in here and you're having a bad day, how do we switch that to motivate you to want to do math? Mm -hmm. right so once again it goes back to getting to know your kids hey i see that you're having a bad day let me know if you want to talk later okay boom that's it and then start your class so they already know hey she sees me um she cares so i'm gonna care about her subject that i really don't care about just because she cares about me mm -hmm. do you see what i'm saying yeah so it's you're, you go back to that relationship that you have with the kid um sometimes it's better to ignore it 
you know and you just you you see it and you're like oh i see this girl is in a bad mood just leave her alone and then you know mm-hmm. so because if you do pick on them say oh you better change that attitude that doesn't work how many right. times does that work yeah you know for one of my classes actually my professor she told us from the beginning of the semester that if we weren't having a good day that she completely understands because we're human and i've noticed like throughout the semester like some students would go and tell her hey i'm having a really bad day i might not participate in this um classroom yeah. event that we're having today yeah and she's like okay that's fine but during the end you'd see that they still ended up participating because yes. they had the choice they had the choice yeah, yeah. they weren't like well, you have to do this. You don't have an option. It'll, it'll affect your grade. It was Correct. more of a, hey, she understood. She's yeah. going to let me slowly feel comfortable into doing that. Correct. And it makes such a difference. And I feel like it even motivates your students to go to the class more because even if you're having a bad day, it's like... It's not going to be hard. Yeah. It's not going to be intolerable, mm-hmm. you know, where you're just like suffocating and suffering in silence in that class where the teacher does not care or take the time to know you. And so that makes it even harder to show up to class, just that fact that you already know how you're going to feel in that class. Yeah. But you show up to that class where you know that it's not going to be an aggressive environment, that the teacher will understand. And next, what happens? You show up to the class, which is already half the battle, right? Mm -hmm. And then you slowly participate by choice. Right. Because it makes it easier for you to. Because you care about that teacher. Right? Mm-hmm. You, we don't always do things because we want to. We're like, I, I'm going to just do it because I know you really care about going to the movies, even though I hate going to the movies, yeah. but I know you like going to the movies, so I'm going to do that for you. Um, and that's all with relationship, with the kids. They will work hard for you if they know that you care. They will do anything for you, mm-hmm. you know? And I tell the kids, teachers will do anything for you. We will give you 20 points if we have to, to for you to pass. I mean, not really off the record, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like. We will give you money for lunch because we see that you're struggling. You don't have money today, but we know that you know that we care and that these $5 that are going to change your day are going to change your life because you notice me and I notice you. And it's just huge. You yeah, know? yeah, it really is. Yeah. Um, as far as that, um, what, would, what would you say you've done to prevent problems to encourage communication in your classroom? In a positive manner, because communication can sometimes be <laughs> Gosh. one student yelling at another and yeah. shouting and fighting. Communication Gosh. is such a big deal. Like where everyone, how we were saying earlier, they need to be able to be open-minded and understand each side of this process. Gosh. Girl, yes. this conversation <laughs> is like one that I've been working on forever. This is hard because you cannot control these students' behaviors, Mm -hmm. you know? Once they're upset and they're yelling, how do you intervene? How do you handle the situation when they don't like each other to get them to work together? You know, that it's like sometimes something works and then it doesn't work and then you start all over again and sometimes you they think that you're picking favorites because, oh, you're on her side. And, you know, it's like it's a battle that I have really in, in this type of program with girls with this type of girls because dance is a different animal than basketball girls you know right we're sassy we're beautiful we want to we want some attention we like to be just me 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 and look at me and that's the style of girl that i have in this in this program and so therefore you cannot tell them you're wrong okay because they're little princesses 
So you have to approach the situations and it's very care you have to be very careful how you approach them, how you uh, manage the one-on-one -on -one contact with two people that don't like each other while remaining neutral. Mm -hmm. You know, so is you learn. You well, that's that's something that I'm learning, and I'm I've made mistakes in handling situations a certain way, and I've been accused of favoritism and of doing it the wrong way or handling it the wrong way. Um, and so I'm learning that that is definitely something that I cannot tell you. Oh, how what worked? There's no right or wrong, and it just it really it just really depends on 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 um on forgiveness on either both halves you know on other and opposite ends uh, it's definitely always been my issue in this program and it's the hardest in general is managing problems handling situations conflicts um i i and it's in general i think everybody in any type of subject mm -hmm. i think that is the hardest thing because we are emotional human beings as well and you know when there's already a problem and then you and you're not ready for that problem that day because we don't know when those problems are going to happen yeah but if you already are having a bad day and then this problem is happening and then you're like ah another problem and then you handle it wrong it can explode mm -hmm. so it really can yeah i mean just processing rethinking i i think about everything um many times when there is a conflict between two people and i and i try to remain as neutral as possible which is difficult because they always think i like one better than the other you mm -hmm. know and so tr trying to help them resolve problems in a in a in a in a way that does not um invite violence right and that means verbally and physically because you can say things are very hurtful and I'm really good at that. Mm -hmm. And when I'm mad, I will verbally be mean to you, okay? While I would never hurt you, but I want to hurt you with my words. Mm -hmm. And that's my weakness. And I am a human being and at the same time, I'm a teacher. So teaching has helped me as a person think about what I'm saying so that I'm not mean verbally because the point is to be verbally mean for mm -hmm. me, right? I like that. Like, that's my, I'm going to get you. That's how my sister is too. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and it's, I'm getting better at being a better person for myself by resolving these issues. It has helped me, but I don't know if it's helped resolve in general because they're always different because it can be jealousy. It can be in, um immaturity you know where this girl doesn't understand the, the maturity of this girl she doesn't understand the immaturity of this girl mm -hmm. and it has it could be social skill problems like where she said something that she shouldn't have said and she didn't know she said something wrong and she took it wrong it could be jealousy for el novio le quito el novio you know yeah it could be so many things but to get to the point of what is the problem here because i don't know if you know this but we can't dislike somebody just because we just don't like what they look like mm -hmm. Right? So sometimes it is as simple as, well, me cayó mal. Why? Why? ¿Por qué te cayó mal? What, what did she say? I don't know. I just don't like her. You know, I can be as simple as that to as extreme as, well, she's bullying me. Yeah. You know, so there's just so many levels of that and it's complicated and it's scary. And I don't ever want to be in that situation, but I always have to deal with it. 
and I just hope and pray that I handle it the best way that I can and I pray that my heart is clear of any malice towards any of them and that I do that I I come in professionally in, peace, in yeah. professionally to help them both but it's tough it's hard. and well, it's yeah, scary because we're human and yeah and it's hard we come with our own damaged yeah <laughs> damaged goods you know and so yeah it definitely helped me so much improve as a human teaching has helped me be a better more understanding person and um i have learned to turn around and hold my negative words and leave okay and not say them because i don't while i do want to hurt somebody at that moment i know that there are consequences and i think about how i would want my kids to handle conflicts and knowing that hard words amongst each other will only cause a bigger problem right and so it really it has helped me in in general in my life i am aggressive really aggressive with my words and so i'm i'm and my husband will tell you this i will shut my mouth now and i will walk away and that's huge <laughs> that is freaking huge girl and again i learned it i learned it here with the feistiness that we have and the sassiness and the you know yeah so yeah that I will take process. home. That I will take. Yeah. They taught me. Yeah. It's hard though. And it's emotionally exhausting. And it's draining. And it takes away a lot of our passion as educators when there's that conflict that we have to deal with. It kind of puts a little... um, se dice? A little stab every mm -hmm. time. You're, because it hurts, you know? It's like, let's just dance. We can't dance when... Half of the team hates each other. Right. We're not doing the work, you know? So you have to fix it. And that takes time. And then sometimes it doesn't get fixed, you know? And so that's hard. And because you just want them to be better people at the end of the day. And they sometimes will not back down, you know? Yeah. They will fight all the way. And that means bringing their parents in, getting other people involved. So now that you have a big old issue where you're like, how did we get here? And, you know, and so we are the bad guys sometimes as teachers. We'll, we've, pull, we've been pulled into the office as the bad guy. Did you say this? Did you, Mr. Niles, did you, did you do this? Did you say this? Well, yeah, but I was, I was trying to, no, you can't say that. You know, mm -hmm. I have been the bad guy while I was just trying to help. I have been wrong in the way I helped. And, um, but it's the process. It's the process of learning how to communicate with each student. Yes. And yes. as you're saying, it's like throughout the years, you start learning, oh, I can't say this. I got to be careful with this. Yeah. I got to do this. So, and even knowing that you were not wrong, but you in that situation because of a particular person, you have to say, okay, I was wrong. I shouldn't have said that. Even though you're like, really, that mm -hmm. bothered you that I told you that you needed to go change in this tone the tone that I used bothered you and and sometimes just taking the blame and no not the blame but just like the acknowledgement yeah that this per this student handled it uh misinterpreted what you said you have to say okay even though that's not what I meant I will take it and so you you really take a lot of the blame as a teacher and say okay I, I shouldn't have said that mm -hmm. even though you're like 
mm, inside your head. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just have to take it. So we take a lot of that. We take a lot of that. Okay, just say okay. You know, especially if your administrators are backing up the teach the parent. You know, mm-hmm. um, and that's a big blow to take to the ego of, of the human when you're being told that you were wrong and you know in your heart of hearts that you were right, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that you have to take with you and you have to learn to deal with it and let go of it because you will become an angry teacher, yeah? Mm-hmm. And you will be disappointed and you have to make sure that you don't take that disappointment every year because we will be disappointed. And even just to learn how to process the disappointment because if you started off with this passion of wanting to change <sighs> and impact students' lives and slowly these things start eating at you, yeah. then it's like you have to learn how to, you know what, I still love this. Yes. I'm still going to keep doing it. Yes. But it's hard. Yes. And I'm working through processes of events that happened in the past 11 years of me teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, disappointments that were so hurtful, you know, um, that you have to forgive that student. Because at the end of the day, these are children, right? But it's hard to think of it as children when they mess with your feelings and your heart. It's like, but it's my heart, you know? Yeah. So it's it's hard to to continue and, and give and... Um, and a good example of that was I when you give your all to a specific person that you're like, I know you can do it because sometimes we see it and they don't know they have it. And you're like putting your effort and your time and your money. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, nah, I hate you. Right? Because yeah. you upset them one time and they forget all those years you put into it. You have to let go of that. You know, mm-hmm. and you have to say, I'm going to do it again to somebody else, even though they might not. Um, might end up doing the same thing. Yeah. And so that's hard to continue that, that, um, that drive and the passion for giving. Uh, we, we give a lot. It, you have to be okay with giving a lot. And sometimes you don't get in return anything. A lot of times you don't. And that needs to be okay for you to continue your your successful career as a teacher yeah you know yeah okay and then we'll just move on to some simple questions of what would you say has been the biggest reward in your teaching throughout all these years gosh people like you you know people that can come (laughs) back and say oh you helped me in this i think that is massive where you feel like they thought about you, you know, because you're running through so many people, so many people coming in and out of your lives, and you've had so many teachers, and you wanted to interview me, like, this is awesome, and I'm like, you know, there's something I did right, um, because I do work hard, I really do, and I get so emotional thinking about it, I give so much of myself, and this is nice, the conversation, the understanding, the fact that you saw me, and you're like, I saw you struggle, <laughs> you know, I saw the process, and, and you saw that I cared because I do. And, and that means a lot. That you saw me as much as I saw you, you know? Yeah. And, sorry. <laughs> it's, it's just beautiful to, to know that I had an impact. A tiny impact in a human. Because we're humans. We're people. We are, 
our impact will impact then another person you know if i had a bad impact on you as a dance teacher you will forever think dance teachers are bad right right and then you won't want your kids to dance and then it's like this is a circle of hatred towards dance that we're creating but if i give you the good you will then say oh no dance was fun oh my daughter wants to dance okay we're gonna do dance and it's like it's it's in life you know we want to put out more good because then that good will spread you know you will say oh my god um i had a good experience doing this let's do it again mm -hmm. and then you start uh creating you start traveling through the world loving dance everywhere you go you're gonna say oh my god i want to dance you know as opposed to being that kid on the chair not wanting to move at a, at a christmas party you know yeah but uh a simple good a simple good act it will come back and will have a good impact for you and just again uh loving each other and being better people not so much I don't care about the dance aspect of it, but the fact that you enjoyed it and you went and have a good life because you're a better person, you know? Mm -hmm. I just, that's it. I want all of you to be better people. And, and that's for yourselves, for your future families, you know? Because mm -hmm. I will have your future child, maybe, in dance class. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so that's just it. We're creating an evolution of good people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what would what advice would you give to anyone wanting to become a teacher? <sighs> I know that's a handful, but <laughs> you will know if you want to be in this field. You will know with and don't take a bad year because I had a bad I had my first year was bad. I cried every day. It was horrible. From my principal to my students, because I came into a school where the students had had the same teacher in dance for years, for like 15 years. They had this t teacher in the school, but she was removed because she couldn't pass her test so that I came in. So I was hated. I was mm -hmm. the bad guy because I took her job. And this is my first year teaching. I did not know, uh, again, at all. These questions that you're asking, I was like, I don't even. <laughs> yeah. So you're doing really well ahead of me. And then my principal hated me. She was like, oh, she's a 23-year-old, like she doesn't know what she's doing, you know. Even though I knew the subject very well, I had a hard time. Um, it, I cried so much. But if I would have left after that year, I would have never found this, this whole adventure that I've completely loved and appreciated. So take your time in teaching. And even though... You won't have great years every year. I've had I've had maybe two bad years. Um, I I've, I know that there's gonna be better days, and I know there's gonna be better years, mm -hmm. and I know there's gonna be bad years too. You know, because your life does really take effect in effect in your teaching. Um, when you're having a bad time in your life outside of work, it's gonna reflect in mm -hmm. your work. You know, so that's okay. Make next year better. You know, um, so. You can't be successful every day and you cannot reach every child, but you can try. And that in itself is, is what makes us better teachers, is you, the, the fact that you're trying and you want to. Mm -hmm. um, and you do make, uh, make a difference when you want to, you know? When you just want to teach a, teach a subject, you can, but you're going to be empty-handed. Right. So you really want to, you, you'll know if this is what you want to do, but be patient with it. 
let it let it be a let it be something that you learn and experience and not just be like I can't it's too hard we lost recently a good teacher she was a dancer at a studio and she came in she was going to be a math teacher she didn't even try it she came into the training and she was like it's too much information and she left she didn't even try it you know and to me there's this girl talented girl smart and i know her that got scared and did not try it so we will know she's working at a bank now she won't know if this was her thing you know so that's why i tell you guys try it just try it but really try it and not just say i can't i don't want to so yeah Thank you so much. You're very welcome. I, you got me all emotional. Yeah. <laughs> Cut that part out where I'm crying. <laughs> I just want to like say thank you again for really taking the time. I know oh, we probably welcome. spent a little more than we expected. I'm sorry I talked for it. No, no, you're fine. <laughs> I but I, so I really appreciate you taking the time welcome. for this. I always knew you had something and you have a wonderful heart and you're hardworking and you're focused and your drive. I know you have that because I saw it in you and... I'm not surprised that you're doing this, you know? I'm not surprised that your questions were phenomenal. I'm not surprised that even though you feel like you could have done better in these questions, it was, these are wonderful questions. And these are questions that a professional would ask that, you know, that has already experienced education. So you did great. And uh, I think you're going to be a wonderful little elementary teacher. And, <laughs> Thank you. And they're going to be so um, lucky to have you, right? So Thank you. good luck. Yeah. Woo!